All right, I have a question I forgot to ask you last week. Well, hello. Good good morning or afternoon or whatever time people are listening. Good evening and good night. Okay, name that we, movie. We covered the whole day. Can you name that movie? Good evening and good night. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No, Can I don't know that. Name the actor? No. Jim Carrey? Oh, then, okay, I don't, I'm not a fan of Jim Carrey. Oh, well, that, never mind then. I'm just, okay. We'll just... <laughs> Move on. Well, you better give the answer now because the people are trying to figure that out. I'm pretty sure the movie is The Truman Show. Oh, The Truman Show. That was a good movie. Which I never saw. You never saw it? No. I just told you I'm not a, a fan of him. <laughs> well, I won't even ask you about Dumb and Dumber then. Oh, I saw some of that. And you know what? It was Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> One of the finest movies ever made. Hi, everyone. Hello, this this is Father Herb Weber. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. And one of us is dumb and one is dumber. <laughs> <laughs> we should rename the podcast. Oh, no, we won't. That'll, why not? All right, so here we are. Uh, so the question that I failed to ask you last week, it was one, you know, I always like to ask you sometimes our, our social media questions that we throw out. Social media questions, yes. Okay, so last week, I think it was Monday last week, the question was, what was your first car? Do you remember your first car? My first car that I owned. I drove all kinds of cars. Yeah. Um, but the first one that I owned was a bright red. Now, does that surprise you? I've had almost all red cars. <laughs> yeah. This was not new. In fact, it was a little aged. But okay. it was a bright red Chevy Impala. Oh. Which was the big one. Yeah. Like a boat? Uh, it was like a boat. I could load, load all kinds of things in the trunk. I was still in the seminary. <laughs> that makes it sound like bodies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my dad was a mechanic. And yeah. he, uh, I was at the seminary, and one time mom and dad said, you know, it's too far for us to drive and pick you up. So here, why don't you drive yourself? And they gave me this car. That's, did it have any quirks? I feel like everybody's car, first car has some. No, my first car was very good. Now, during the summer, dad would always find a car for me to drive. Yeah. And one summer, I would drive. I drove a Corvair, not a Corvette, not a Corvette, a What's, Corvair. What was a Corvair? Corvair was a very small, very dangerous car. <laughs> uh, if you ever heard of the book "Unsafe at Any Speed," uh -huh. that was about the Corvair. Really? Yes. Oh well, I'm glad you're still alive. Yes, and I drove it during the summer, and the 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 fumes were so bad, uh, gas fumes were so bad. I had to keep the window open all the time. <laughs> probably, probably killed a lot of brain cells. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> My first car was a 1989 Mercury Cougar. Oh, those were great cars. The the quirk on my first car was the speedometer didn't work until the engine got warm. It was probably one of the first digital read speedometers, so it had like a right like a 1980s digital readout on the dashboard, and um, but it didn't work until the car got warm. So. During the winter, I'd be driving to Central Catholic High School. And you School. had no idea how fast you were going. I had no idea. I would just try to keep up with traffic. And then once once the car got warm, the then, speed then miraculously you kicked you were in. 10 miles over the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> I also like to play tricks on my friends because you could s switch it between miles per hour and kilometers per hour, yeah. which we can do now easily on most cars. But back then, that was a novelty. So I would switch it to kilometers per hour, and they thought we were just going so fast. But I, we weren't. Because I'm a safe driver. I know. You You color, colored inside the lines, too. I We talked about that. Yes. I feel like sometimes this is more counseling than podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm working on you. All right. So here we are. Uh, how's your week going? Anything new? My week is going very well, very fast, as they always do. RCIA is moving along. Good. Tonight, 
this is Tuesday tonight and next week we're talking about the sacrament of reconciliation Great. because in two weeks we have the Lenten reconciliation service I so enjoy our reconciliation services yeah. and the um, the RCIA people for many that's their first confession what's the date of that reconciliation service it would be the 21st nope oh. no the 24th yeah 24th yeah, I'm yeah. looking at my calendar now 24th. and then coming up just a little plug two on Wednesday April 1st we have our Lenten night of worship so that's going to be wonderful the Advent one was well received in a beautiful night of prayer uh, before the Blessed Sacrament and uh, we'll have the band here and do music and uh, really nice. So we'll do that one on Wednesday, April 1st for the season of Lent. And Stations of the Cross this week. Stations too. of the Cross this week with, uh, with uh, I almost said Monsignor, because in Spanish they say Monsignor, uh, the Archbishop Oscar Romero. Yeah. That, but they, they use the word Monse. Monse would be, hey, Arch. Hey. <laughs> uh, the kids, I was talking to a, a bishop down there, and the kids said, a uh, kid came down the sidewalk and said, in Spanish, but basically called him Monse. That's cool. Which is short for Monsignor, and Monsignor is the, the title used for a bishop when you greet them down in uh, Central America. We used this uh, this text, this booklet for the stations for the first time last year. It was very powerful, so yeah, it should be a nice reflection again. And uh, I'm personally looking forward to, I'm going to be gone this weekend. We're going on retreat, our, oh, yeah, you our need, disciple group. You need it. By the way, if I... <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> it, it, I'm really happy for you that you're going. How's that sound? That was much nicer. Okay. That's great. Uh, let's go back to the 24th. That's the Night of Reconciliation service. Sure. That is also the 40th anniversary of the slaying of Archbishop Romero. Oh, really? He was killed while saying Mass on March 24th, 1980. Yeah. 40 years already. I... He, he's now canonized. He is a saint. You, you remember 40 years ago. I, I remember not. 40 years ago, and I've, I was in the chapel where he actually was killed. I've also been, went into his apartment where you can still see the vestment he was wearing with the blood stains on it. Wow. And, of course, I've been to the cathedral uh, where his uh, body's in the crypt sure. in, the, in the basement. Wow. Very cool. All right, so we are just speeding right along through the season of Lent, third Sunday of Lent this weekend. And we are in cycle A, which is the premier readings for RCIA. And the the image is water. It's the woman at the well, yeah. Samaritan woman at the well from John's Gospel. Yeah. And the first reading is the whole idea of them dying of a thirst out in the desert. And then they complain to Moses. And Moses kind of throws up his hands and said, God, what am I going to do with these people? Next thing I know, they're going to stone me. And God says, take that rod that you had that you used to go through the Red Sea, yeah. you know, to part the waters, mm -hmm. and hit the rock. And he hit the rock and water flowed. So it's the whole image of God satisfying our thirst. Sure. So I'm going to talk to you about water. You, you live on the water. I do, in my backyard. And sometimes the water is closer than other times. Yes, it is. It's at a reasonable height right now. Is water at a height? I guess the height yeah. is. The river it, is at is a it, height. Is it at flood level? No. Oh, no, not even close right now. It was a little higher uh, over the weekend just because of the rain we had last week. And you have to remember, the, with the Maumee River, what we get here is usually about two days after heavy rains uh, on the Oglays River, uh, south of Defiance. Sure. Some of the other rivers that feed into the Maumee. All the way, actually, to Fort Wayne. 
Yeah. The Maumee River starts in Fort Wayne, but it is fed by the St. Mary's and the St. Joseph Rivers, which are in Ohio. They flow into Indiana. Wait, the Maumee River is is from the St. Mary and the St. Joseph River? Yeah. Well, where's the Jesus River? We could have had the whole Holy Family. <laughs> no, no. That- there's, there's a St. Mary's River. There's a St. Joseph River. I didn't know that. They both are in western, northwestern Ohio. Okay. They both flow towards Fort Wayne. Uh-huh. They converge at Fort Wayne. They become the Maumee River. Then they flow back to Ohio again. So it's like they go to Indiana to become one. It's like an out-of-state marriage. <laughs> and then they come back uh, as the Maumee River, and then it hits the big uglies. There's also a little uglies, but it hits the big uglies yeah. in Defiance, in the city of Defiance, and that's when it gets pretty pretty powerful. Cool. And we there's a, other smaller rivers c- come into it as well. Water is a... Uh, a beautiful force. It's a beautiful force. It's a sign of life. It's life, but it's also, unfortunately, a sign of danger and death. Sure. Uh, the the Maumee River has always been a powerful force around here. Uh, the Indians used to canoe the river. And as you know, in Waterville, uh, the Roche de Boot was um, the, the big rock formation. That was a, sure. kind of a ceremonial place, wasn't it, where they would uh, have... Correct. Uh, you don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, I wasn't there, but I've but, read about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they destroyed some of it when they put the inner urban bridge across. Correct. Yes. Right near the inner urban bridge. And you can still see a portion of the rock yeah. near that bridge. And some people climb out on that during the summer. It's actually, that's a beautiful little spot on the river. Some beautiful little rapids down there, depending on how high the river is. Uh, okay. So Jesus comes. First of all, he's in Samaria. Now, real quickly, in case people don't know. At the time of Jesus, there was the north, Galilee. Mm-hmm. There was the south, Judea. And in between was Samaria. Samaria was, and there are still some Samaritans alive in the world today. I read a book last year. Um, there's like one village, and I think it's, I'm not sure what country it's in, maybe in Turkey, mm-hmm. when there are, there are still some descendants of the Samaritans. Huh. But the Samaritans had Jewish blood in them, but their ancestors had intermarried with the pagans during the time of the of the Babylonian captivity or the great exile. Mm-hmm. So people were mixed from one country to another. The Babylonians did that. So the people who stayed behind ended up, some of them marrying the people that were transplanted into their country. Okay. So there was a distinct distaste between the pure Jews of Jesus' time, mm-hmm. and the Samaritans. And yet they were also monotheists. They still believed in the same God. So they had kind of kind of a pseudo-Judaism okay. faith. So lots of times, good Jews from the north, like, like Jesus, going down to Jerusalem, would not even walk through Samaria. Sometimes they did, obviously, but mm-hmm. many times they'd go over, even cross the Jordan River, go on the other side, so they wouldn't run into Samaritans. You've got to remember the Samaritans were really, really looked down upon. So that gives even uh, more pizzang to the, the the good Samaritan story. Pizzang? Can you define that word? Pizzang? Yeah, power. Okay. Uh, sting. It sounds like a little bit like Sheldon. Bazinga. He does a bazinga. But that no, this, this is, is like pizzang. P- this is my word. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, I think we think about a good Samaritan. We don't realize when the crowd heard Jesus talk about the good Samaritan. He made the hero of a story 
the villain. Sure. The villain, in their minds, became the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the ten lepers. The one that came back to say thank you was a leper. Uh, was a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here, Jesus is at the well. Everything here is strange. Everything is strange. He's there in the middle of the day. He wants to get a drink of water. So right away, he talks about thirst. There's a woman who comes, and the women don't usually come in the middle of of the day, especially the heat of the day. They'd come in the morning or the evening when it was cooler because carrying water is heavy work, and it's very hard. But she was already shunned, probably, because of her five husbands and the extra guy that she was with at that time. So she didn't want to be there when they were gossiping about her. So she came in the middle of the day. Sure. And Jesus as a man talking to a woman, uh uh-uh. Jesus as a a Jew talking to a Samaritan, uh -uh. Mm uh-uh. So he's just breaking rules all over the place. But he was good at that. He was was very good. Countercultural. Countercultural, crossing crossing boundaries. Uh, Sure. And that's really the, the point I'm trying to make. He's trying to say, let's look at what we have in common, mm-hmm. not different. And what we have in common is we're both thirsty. He, he asked for water, but then she's there to get the water. Yeah. And so he says, okay, we have common ground. Now let's talk about the real thirst. How be if I give you water so you'll never be thirsty again? And she said, oh boy, I don't have to come back to this well. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Little did she know. Yeah. So uh, it's a, an incredible conversation. You find this in John's gospel where there are conversations going on. You don't find that so much in, you You know, there's a few little lines here or there of uh, interaction with words, be, discourse between Jesus and the apostles in the other gospels. Mm-hmm. But in John's gospel, it's much more lengthy. And so it's neither a parable nor a miracle. It's just a conversation And in this case, it's a a conversion. You know, this is one of those very vivid scenes as you read through this gospel passage that you can just place yourself right there and and see it, you know, kind of unfolding before your imagination. Yes. Would you like to read it now? Let me tell everybody, there's a very, very long version of it. That's for the 46 podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do, this is the 23 podcast. So we're going to read the shortened version. So would you like to read the first paragraph? Sure. I'll read the second paragraph, and then you can read the end. Oh, all right. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. 
the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may not be thirsty, or have to keep coming here to draw water. Now I'm going to interject a little comment. Okay. If we stopped right there, it would be a complete homily. It's a beautiful, beautiful. But we're going to go on. Why don't we go on? Let's go on. Okay. I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father sees, seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking with you. That's the mic drop moment. The mic drop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there, that could be, we could stop right there. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is truly the savior of the world. Da-dum. You know, okay, so if I were giving a homily, which will never happen, I would... At least not in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, well, I could become a deacon eventually while you're alive. I mean, it's possible. Yes. I'm not, I'm not feeling that call right now. It, it's possible. <laughs> and you could, give the, you could give the homily from the piano bench. Okay. But what I was going to say before I felt disrespected by you <laughs> was, was I would love to focus on this, this middle paragraph talking about worship. Because it's, it's a term we usually use, loosely use, sorry. Usely lose? We Lo- loosely, loosely use. <laughs> That's a good thing I can't give a homily. I can't even, get, <laughs> I can't even do a podcast. We loosely use the word worship, without really ever truly maybe understanding or defining or diving into what it means to worship. Yes. And then to worship, not not worry about whether you're on the mountain or in the temple, Yeah, but in spirit and truth. Yeah, I love that line. Does that mean it doesn't matter if you go to church? And you better say, no, it does, it does matter. Well, what I love too, you know, we just did a, a night of... Uh, worship with the seventh and eighth graders and parents at their big night last week. And we just talked about what it means not only to worship individually, but also, you know, all of us raising our voices together communally that, you know, it's this outpouring of love and adoration to God. See, I don't think we were ever taught how to pray communally. Mm. We've, we can't came together and we still come together communally yeah. for, for a lot of people. It's a bunch of private prayer at the same time in the same room. Sure. But that's not what mass is. Worship is a communal expression. And by a communal, it obviously that's why we say some things aloud. Why, why we sing together. We sing in harmony. Yeah. Harmony just means somebody's 
off key. Sure. <laughs> well, for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it, it's like you put it all together and the sum total pulls you out of yourself. I, this is my great fear is that lots of people who are very, very good and very serious about prayer yeah. end up just like God and me. But our faith is not just God and me. Yeah. It's God and me, and but I am part of a community. So <laughs> as a little Dr. Seuss, but yes, I, I yes. followed. Okay. That yeah, was we're good. all in this together. Well, you know, I, I also talked about worship a couple of weeks ago at one of the local high schools. I gave a talk to the school about worship. And as I was preparing for that, it occurred to me that we aren't good at getting outside of ourselves. It, w- true worship takes a bit of vulnerability to say, I don't have all the answers. I need someone, God, who is bigger than I am to be the foundation. But, but we also need other people because it's easy for us to deceive ourselves. That's why even right now when we're talking, yeah, we are hearing from each other about different things that excite them about the readings, not sure. just today's, but any of the readings. Sure. Because we're in this together. We need other people to help ex- keep exploring. Right. Otherwise, my faith is just the same place that it was when I knelt down before the Lord last week or last year or 10 years ago. Right. The culture also sells to us that, you know, that we are the center of our own universe. So we're taught to basically, you know, worship ourselves. And if anything does that, it's social media. You know, how many followers do I have? How many people like something that I post? You know, me, 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 you know, pay attention to me. But worship, whether individually or communally, says it's beyond me. You know, that famous line, I believe, also from the Gospel of John, he must increase and I must decrease. Yes. What a place to stop. Uh, We really should have done 46 minutes today. Well, I still want to still want to explore thirst i know we got away from water but this yeah, other conversation was good it's very good but i'm, I'm still thirsty well i've got and a can Je- of bubbly right here and jesus is thirsty and <laughs> he's calling us to thirst for him all right friends i hope you have a blessed third sunday of lent have a great weekend and uh we'll catch you next week on the 23 podcast god bless you wherever